Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bayo. This is going to be a heavy podcast today. And I pray that the sisters, the mothers, the women, the healers, the prayer warriors step up and keep us covered and help us and give us the strength to face this. I know a lot of people, it takes a lot of courage to speak your truth. So that's why I say it's going to be heavy. First of all, welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I'm E5 Bayo. Grab a seat, copper squat. Shit, sit right here. It's getting a little heavy. I ain't even going to tell y'all what to drink. All I'm going to say is it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your fucking drink on. Now, a lot of folks ain't going to like this podcast, not this one, because folks don't like to look in that mirror. Oh, they quick to pick up the magnifying glass. I'm going to pick up a magnifying glass and pinpoint everything. But this right here, I want to send it out because I want y'all to know it's okay. We done all we can. You're going to be okay. You are good. We got the prayer warriors, the mamas, the healers, the aunties. 
See, not everybody's eyes was closed. They were praying. They wanted you to heal. They didn't want to go after, because they knew karma was coming. They going to they gonna get theirs. They wanted to make sure you was okay. You were all right. So I'm going to share, because I found out that a lot of folks wanted to share a lot of things that happened to them, but because of fear, bullying, being told you a liar. They kept it to themselves and they carried that weight. Well, that's why I played that song. It's okay now. You done all you can. You ain't got to carry it no more. It's time. You can speak your fucking truth. I don't care if it happened to you when you were 12 and you're 60 now. Speak it. Release it. It's not yours no more. Stop carrying it. Speak your truth. I don't give a fuck who it offends. It's your truth. It needs to be told. So, <clears throat> I had to be about because I didn't have no kids. So I had to be about 12 going on 13. My mother used to always tell me to, you know, stop walking around in South Jamaica at night, right? So when you think of danger and stuff like that, you think of motherfuckers that are not a part of the community. You wouldn't think it was your community. But, you know, a lot of people knew where the pedophiles and the rapists were. They just lived under that notion of he ain't going to bother mine. Because the majority of them was doing just the same shit. And that person knew. So, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you mine. And I hope it helps you to heal. Even if you don't have the courage or the strength to share your story. Write it out. Get therapy. Work on it. Right? So... <clears throat> I was coming from my friend China house. I was dating her brother, Pete. And, you know, I was mad at Peter, so I didn't let him walk me home. I walked home by myself. And this dude named Kasim Jennings. Yeah, I, I give names. I don't give a fuck. He saw me. And he was trying to rape me. And I was begging. When I tell you, y'all, I was begging. I was, like, making up all. My mother's waiting on me. He was like, your mother ain't fucking waiting on you. Like, oh, my God. Just even think about that day sometimes. It took me years, years to be able to just say anything. Because I would, I would swallow it. And I understand the people that never want to say anything because of fear of being dogged out. Right now, I hung around a lot of people. Right, so you know, back then you were judged by the company you keep. I hung around a lot of people, I whatever they did didn't affect me, and I'm grateful for those lessons. I hung around Poochie the crackhead, man. I hung around all kinds of people, and she would tell me when she would see my friends that was in 40, she used to say, Baby girl, little, little sis, don't be like them. Because I was them, wanting to look for fame and try to be popular. All of them going to be on drugs. Watch. She said, don't follow them. And I would go to different places. Like, I just didn't hang in Queens. I was in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Staten Island. Like, I would be everywhere, right? Because I had friends all over. So I didn't just hang around a certain set of people. No, I branched out. That's why it was so easy when I started moving around and stuff. Because I'm so used to doing that. And I made sure my kids received the same thing. Like, don't just sit here. 
No, you you not. How are you going to learn if all of y'all are right here at the table and you the smartest person at the table? The fuck? You ain't going to learn nothing. Get out. Learn people. Go and visit people. Talk to people. Find out who, you know, where they raised at. Learn different cultures. Don't be scared. Go out. Don't just hang around. The, no. Fuck that. You're not a product of your environment. Go. Learn. Get a passport. Travel. Don't stay your ass here. Because my father embedded that in me. So, <laughs> it took me years to, you know, speak my truth. And it wasn't fear. It was, because I, I told. You know, I did. I told. And I didn't tell my brother Horse, but... I know one of his friends told him because for so long, that nigga did not like none of them. And he used to just look at him and he used to, you know, look and be like, Donnie, you okay? And I used to be like, yeah, yeah. And because people would say, oh, but he didn't rape you. Yeah, but he almost. So we grown now. We sitting in Karen Curry's house. Her father had just passed away. We was all sitting there, you know, trying to lift her spirits. And he said it like a regular conversation. Yo, Donna, remember that time I tried to rape you? And he even remembered the outfit I had on. And I'm sitting there. And everybody that was in the room was quiet. Barney dropped his slice and said, oh, shit, you didn't lie. Everybody was sitting in the room and I'm looking at him like, and I'm looking at all these people. Now, I was talking to a friend, that's both our friends, right? They know Kasin, they know me. And she was talking about him like, it's okay. Like I care about his life. I don't. For a long time, I never forget my ex-husband lived over his aunt's church. And I remember when she said, y'all need to come in here and get Jesus. I said, no, your nephew does the fucking rapist. Like I had a war out for the whole family. I did. I, I didn't give a fuck about none of them. I really didn't. And you know, so I understood when some of the females spoke to me and the sad part was, oh, I would have said something but you know who he was friends with. At one time, I had so much rage in me. So much hatred. I ain't gonna fuck who he was running around with. Because they could get it too. Right? And these are all women, sisters, that they would see me. Oh, I love you. I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. So I, I kept a distance. I see him be like, yeah, what's up? But that was it. Now, when... I came out with this, with everything, right? He took it upon himself to make it like a joke. But I noticed why, how comfortable he was, like going through therapy and all of that. I noticed how comfortable he was to say that because I'm going to tell you everybody that was in the room. It was me. It was Barney. It was Cherise Hawkins, Mary, Tornice, and Karen. We were sitting in Karen Curry's house. He felt so comfortable to say it because all those people that were sitting in there, their character would have been questionable if they would have said something. Everybody knew Karen Curry was a compulsive liar. They just knew Mary was nuts, bat shit crazy. 
And nobody paid attention to Sharice Hawkins. She was always quiet. So she said something. People would look at her and be like, oh, should she speak? And Nisi was his best friend. So she ain't going to go against him. And Barney, nobody believed him. So, of course, you'll be comfortable saying that. Predators know when and where. And I remember when my niece son was having a baby shower. And Slick came to me and said, hey, Don, are you going to the baby shower? I said, yo, Kassin going to be there? She said, yeah. She said, but you, gotta, you can't be scared of people no more. You giving him power. If, first of all, predators and people that are narcissists and that are crazy, that's sick in the head, they don't care where you are. But they'll do something to make you want to step out of character. And since it was still raw to me, even after all those years, because all those years I would tell people and everybody would count me out because of the people I hung with or whatever uh, fake fucking reputation people gave me. So nobody believed it. Oh, you had a son at 14. You wanted it. Oh, you, you, were, you were young. And look at all the people you were hanging with. But you notice, karma and God don't forget. Don't forget an uh, address or nothing. And all those motherfuckers that did that to me and tried to make it seem like I was crazy, they were sitting in that room, majority of them. Because Karen and all of them, when they used to sit and say, she lying, Cassine wouldn't rape nobody else, she lying. But this motherfucker owned it, and they had to face the reality of, oh, shit. Oh, shit. My friend Barney dropped his pizza. Oh, shit. So, part of it is, I believe you. Nobody's just going to come and just trust me. I know you got some people that are, oh, he raped me and nothing never happened. I, I understand those people. You, you need therapy, you want attention, all of that. But nine times out of ten, when they say it and they give you details and they show you, and then here is the abuser or the person that did this, own up to it and make it into a joke. Like, oh, but I didn't rape you. You the one that got away. And you're laughing like, oh, well, you know, all the people you was with, maybe that's why he wanted to do it. Do you know? When I came out with it, my ex-husband had died. Craig knew. Oh, Craig knew. And Craig would sit there and say, I'm happy that he didn't, Donna. He said, but, yo, that nigga's sick. Like, I, I didn't hold that back. And then I remember when I told him, yo, we was in Karen Curry house and he owned up to it. And Craig was like, I never doubted you. That's the reason why I, like, I always had respect for Craig. He said, I never doubted you. He said, I never doubted you. He said, not one time did I say I didn't believe you. He said, my job was to just make sure you were okay. And I, I, I was happy with that. Right? Um... So, with these people that was in the room, I look at them now and I go, you, you, you hid this. Like, you knew. But what was amazing was, and what was just so I had to look into it, was a girl called me. She said, and I'm not going to give her name because respectfully, she was like, please don't. She said, I'm not strong like you. 
She said, I'm not strong like you. She said, because of the people he hung with. Now he hung with half of the people I grew up with. The fuck? They ain't killers. They ain't go to jail. They ain't kill nobody. They ain't do none of that. None of that. They just regular fucking people. But because of a society where we want to be appreciated and accepted, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they kept it to themselves. She said, I got your number from someone and I'm calling you. She said, and trust me, he did far worse to me than what you can ever imagine. She said, but I wouldn't say nothing because of the people he had around him. That angered me even more. Real talk. And then another sister called. I was in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. They were calling my phone because I did a live. I spoke about it. I called his name. I didn't give a fuck. And I came back to New York and I was walking all up and down the boulevard. I didn't care. I was walking through the projects the whole night. I did not care. And when I see his ass in the street, I remember when he, he said, Nisi told me to come and give condolences. That nigga went to touch me. I went to draw back. I said, I don't give a fuck. Don't ever come near me. I spit on you. You dirty bastard. Oh, I, I was out for blood, y'all. That's how much hurt and pain because now I was even more hyped because girls and women were coming forward. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm looking at these girls that I hung out with, that I grew up with. Like, y'all bitches knew. They couldn't tell me they didn't know. Even to this day, they can't tell me they didn't know. So I was like, wow. And they were telling me their stories on how he was manipulating them and how he would tell them that like, he wanted them to give them stories about playing in their ass and just all kinds of shit. And they were like, who is going to believe us? I said, I do. I was sitting in my son's fucking living room, y'all, crying. And I said, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you because I know, I know it's a pattern. And I was sitting there, I was crying and I was like, wow, wow. But he targeted the girls that had bad reputations, so to say, in South Jamaica. They was either fucked up or they were bummy or, you know, whatever, whatever reputation. Or maybe they did. Maybe they did. It was one sister that was like, yeah, I let two dudes fuck me. They ran the train on me. But I consented to it. She was over 18. She said, I consented to it. She said, and one of them went around talking about me and everything. She said, and that made me a target for him. And I was like, wow. She said he had a, a van at one time. I said, yeah, like a little minivan. She said, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. And I remember one day, and I think that's what triggered and brought it back. He had a blue minivan, and my daughter, Dee Dee, was walking across the store over there by on the side of 110. And she was like, Ma, that's Mr. I said, stay the fuck away from that van. I said, come here, because I just came up to New York. And she was like, what? I said, nothing, no, no. And then when I saw him, I was like, yo, what's up? What are you, what are you talking to my daughter for? And he was like, ah, oh, daddy, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know, I call you spirit or whatever it was the show on. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. You know, and I would talk to him because I was like, yo, maybe I'm bugging him. Maybe it didn't happen. 
right? Because you you want to push shit down. And I would. I'm, I'm being honest. I would be like, yeah, nah, that, that didn't happen. But this motherfucker said it in Cameron's house like it was an okay conversation. Yo, Donna, remember when I tried to rape you? Under the trust who I could tell you what you had on. This nigga even remembered the outfit that I had on. And they looked at it like it was a regular fucking conversation. But my friend Barney said something that was so meaningful to me that day. He said, they all must have knew because you would never see their kids with that nigga by itself. So now I'm going through like, did I ever see him take him to the park or whatever like by themselves? Nope. Wow. And for a long time, I would see people take pictures with him. And I'm like, wow. And I remember... Girls with screenshot that knew me, that know him, that knew all of them. And they'd be like, how do you honor a rapist? And I was like, wow. Wow. I had to heal for me. I had to fix my life. I had to own and change. And I was talking to a friend today and she said, I pray you heal. And I said, no, I healed. I said, and I'm still healing. I said, but it was such a norm back then. Now we have social media. It's out in the open, but it it never left. And I was like, wow. Wow. But I also know that predators hang around what's familiar. They target women that people would deem horrible, used. Friends that associate, they know, they know. And I remember a girl said, you know, I wanted to come forward and say something. She said, but then, because this happened to her years later too, and she said, then they would have jumped me. And I said, in my head, I said, how would they justify that? Like how? I said, but all of them got kids. And now they're going to have grandkids. I said, yo, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And I know that it's hard to share your story because people would tell you you're lying. People would look at you and they'd gossip about you and talk about you, you know. But see, the difference, and I, I tried to explain them to them. I never hung with them any place. I didn't go to events with them or anything like that with Nisi and all of them. I didn't. Because either I was in Brooklyn, Bronx, like, I've never hung around them doing that. First of all, I don't drink or smoke. So it, it don't fit what I do, Right. And I don't judge people that do it. Don't get it wrong. But I didn't. And then I also knew half of the people that they hung with, that wasn't me. And I remember, and this is why I I was I, I was like, wow, you were young. My ex-husband, Roosevelt, I remember telling him. And, you know, for a while he would be like making sure I was good wherever I was. But then when we got older, he knew, like, the buttons that was pushing. And I wasn't in therapy then. And he said, you know, he should have raped you. And that shit triggered something in me where 
I looked at him even now with disgust. I don't even like to to me he's he doesn't even exist in the world. Right? For real, real talk. And this was my petty stage. I called uh immigration when ICE was looking for people. I gave his uh uh car uh license plates and everything. <laughs> they were like, we gonna pick him up. I was like, good, good, deport his ass. And the guy was like, um, is he American? I said, I don't know. He don't have papers to prove it. I don't know. Like I, whatever, whenever I see, all I want to see him in the ground, like, like everyone else. But then I said, I can't become them. I can't get so angry that I destroy myself. And I don't, and I'm giving y'all this message because I want, if you went through it or you know someone that went through it, listen to your friend, offer support to where if they don't drive, drive them to therapy. If they don't have coffee, donate some coffee to them. If they have a breakdown about something, stand there with some fucking tissue, some coffee, some tea, some water, and listen. But what you should never do is sit there and talk about them like they the greatest fucking thing in the world. The the person that did the act to them, don't put them on a pedestal. You don't you can be friends with them all you want, but trust and believe that friend is not gonna be a friend to you. Cause all they see is the abuser. You may say, and I remember, side note, there was this Bob Loud that had disrespected a bunch of women in Atlanta. And this lady got on defending him. Oh, he would never do that. You're lying. And the girl, I recorded the girl's conversation. She recorded what he was saying to these women. She had it and she kept it. She called the police. That's what she used. So, so now, right? Because this lady went hard for him. She was cursing me out, telling me all on my thread, like, oh, you a fucking uh, gaslighter. You trying to destroy people. But I put it out there with her permission. She wrote back to me, you know, in the DM. I said, uh-uh, you disrespecting me in public, ma, going public. So I heightened her name. And had her in the comments, and she said, oh, I apologize for hearing the the um, thing, and that's his voice, and I'm so sorry. It's just letting me know you don't really know people. Why would you get involved in something that you, you telling me you knew him since he was six? Well, then if that's the case, then you knew something was off. You knew something was off then, bitch, or you was a part of the problem, right? Now, he did not disrespect or abuse me, but he did to these ladies, and these ladies that and so far I've been watching that they had the pattern of these women were either, you know, a BBWs. They considered themselves, you know, um, LGBTQ or they lived by themselves and they were looking for relationships, but they knew what they wanted. He wasn't it. Or he'll, he'll yell at them and talk to them loud. Like, you know, one girl was like, you're not my father. And he would take pictures of us and send it to people in Cuba so they can put root work on us. Crazy, though. I will say this. The person he sent it to was one of the young lady's godfather. He said, hey, you should be careful who you have in your house. And all of this came out. And this with receipts, video and audio. So she comes in my DM to say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, bitch. You disrespected me out here in public. Then make it public your apology. 
don't disrespect me and then try to apologize in the dark. We don't do that. So, I, I, I saw that he would torment or try to, you know, talk to these women that he deemed weren't these beautiful women or, you know. But Kasim was the same way. Because all those sisters that came forward, they, they did. They owned their shit. They were like, you know, when I was young, I was doing, I made a lot of fucked up decisions, but I, I didn't want him. Now, to some people back in the day, he was it. Oh, my God. He was popular. I never thought he was. I really, realistically, I never thought he was. Girls would lose their mind. Oh, my God. He's a Jennings. And I used to be like, okay, eh? Like, no. <clears throat> at all. At all. I, he wasn't nobody I would want. And I remember telling my friends, and they sitting there like, oh, you just mad he don't want you. Bitch, I don't want him. I don't. I don't want him. He, he's not who I want. Something is wrong with him. That's the problem. But no one didn't. No, you know, all they saw was the cute. The, and I was like, okay. But here it was. I was right the whole fucking time. I'm coming from in the middle of the night until this day. Because all he kept on saying, because I didn't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Bop or Kendu Brother Pappy. I just know it was one of them in the back of 48 before that last stop on the Q60 before under the trussle. I don't know if it was Bob or, or, or Pappy. And they were like, Donna, what you doing? He's like, yo, you all right? It's like, yo, go ahead home. And he was like, oh, you lucky. And I got saved. I got saved. I don't know why or whatever. So my friend, Bonnie said, you know, that nigga hate you because you the one that got away. To hear some of the girls' stories of, and it was more than three, of what he did to them. You will look back and be like, wow. And I'm not going to say, oh, I was psychic or whatever, but I just knew something was off about him. He wasn't attracted to me. I wasn't attracted to him. It wasn't none of that. I never saw him as being cute or liking him. Never. Not in a fucking million. Now, I loved his, his sister or his aunt, Poke. I loved her. I always had much respect for her. That's the only one in the fucking family I liked. But all the rest, nah. But then, when I started hearing the women, the girls, come forward and say their story to me, to me and all of it added up like each one they didn't know I didn't let neither one of them know that they spoke to me I didn't tell them the story like oh yeah he did this to someone else none of that they called they said listen you know um I got your number or they yeah, called me through Facebook through messenger and it was like listen I don't want to put my number out here nothing and they told me what happened and all of them ended it the same way. Because of who he hung with. Because who was around him. This is why we didn't say nothing. Because, you know, we didn't want them to fight us or whatever. And that rage in me was welding up like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was like, what? I would have broke their goddamn necks. Like, I'd have been in their house. You want to take out for him? Are you stupid? Oh, my God. 
I want y'all to know, I believe you. I believe you. The healers, the sisters, the prayer warriors, we're praying for your strength. Not everybody is comfortable with telling their story. I get that. But I'm praying for your healing. I'm praying for your forgiveness and stop holding that bag. It's not yours to hold. That person, no matter who it was, be it a relative, a stranger, or a friend, they didn't break you. They didn't kill you. We're so much stronger. We have endured so much. It doesn't matter your color, your race, your ethnicity, none of that. I want you to know you're not a victim no more. You're not. You can go where you are appreciated and accepted. If you feel that these are your friends and they're still friends with him and they know what went on, that's them. That's their karma. God don't overlook nothing. When they suffer, you don't got to clap and applaud. You don't even got to say, well, a win is a win. No, you just keep walking. Keep walking. Because that's something they got to deal with. They got to look in that mirror every fucking night and deal with that. Don't think that they sleeping comfortable. They got to deal with that. They got to, they got to fight that demon. You get healed and you go and live your goddamn life. Don't allow someone to be the fucking monster in the closet to stop you. I remember Ibae, I was sitting there talking to my godfather. He did a reading for me, right? And he said, Joe D, what happened to you? And I told him, I told him this story. I did. He said, Joe, he said, why you didn't tell your father? I said, Joe, because my father would have went to jail. So my father would have shot him. Whether he raped me or not, my father would have shot him. Real talk. And he was the breadwinner of our family. So I understand why kids don't say anything and adults don't say nothing. Because if you're seeing your parents happy or you're seeing where y'all are flourishing or you're seeing things like that, you don't want to lose that part. You don't, you don't know when they're going to be happy. And my father was the breadwinner. And he would have. He would have blew this fucking kid's brains out. Real talk. He would have blew, and my mother would have been sitting right there chopping all of them the fuck up and burying them in the backyard or having them selling barbecue that day, and it would have been his fucking family. She would have went in there and started meat cleaving everybody, but then I would have been left without my parents, and I get it. I get it when people sat there and said, yo, I wanted to say something, or I only told my friend, and, you know, I didn't want to say because, you know... Stuff would have went left. I just got to deal with it. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm calling you to say thank you. Thank you for, for saying something because I couldn't. Or I was scared to say it. Or, you know, you're not lying, Donna. I believe you. When you got more than three women that's doing that, man, something's there. And I used to see people would take pictures with him. And for a long time, I was like, the fuck? And I saw a good girlfriend of mine that I, I respected take a picture with him. Like, oh, these are my peers. My interaction with her, I love her, but I love her from a distance. Because to me, I'm, I'm going to tell you how I feel, right? To me, it's like 
you either thought I was lying or you was trying to find out something. And I, I didn't shut up. But you wanted the names of all the other women. So what y'all was going to do? Y'all not going to help them. Y'all telling him or making it seem like, okay. So it just let me see through the looking glass. But I remember what my godfather told me. He said, D, God don't forget our address. He said, remember that. And I look at these people and say, wow. And I see these women and they'll nod at me or they'll hug me if I see them out in the street and stuff. And I give them so much love. I do. I do. I give them so much love. And I'm not angry with them. One of them even called me and said, I thought you were angry at me because I didn't come forward. Why would I be angry? It takes a lot to stand against the masses. But see, I don't hold nobody on a fucking pedestal. I don't. I, I can't speak for everybody else. I said, but baby girl, I'm never mad at you, ever, ever. I don't hold people on a pedestal. I'm not going to make you seem like you better than me. We put our pants like on one leg at a time like everybody else. But I know it takes a lot of courage. And some people, family, they take that shit to heart. Like, And I, I get that. I get that. Some people, family, because God bless the dead, I think if my brother horse would have heard it from my mouth, He'd have went to jail or got killed. And, you know, we we hold our stories then, our traumas and stuff, and it kills us. I'm not going to lie. Because we're not scared of the person. We're scared of what our family may do. We're scared of what that mob may create. That's what we're scared of. And we know that. See, some of y'all may think motherfuckers don't know. And they're not ready to go and attack. Some of y'all may think that, but it's not. Some of them, because they're women or their sisters or their nieces said, please don't. I'm telling you what happened, but please don't. It was one girl that said she had to beg her brother because they were out in Harlem. In Harlem. This is how I knew it wasn't a lie. Her brother was hanging out with Kasim in Harlem. And she had told him what happened. He wanted to take him and stop and just underlive him and throw him on the side of the road. She said she had to beg him, beg him, like, please don't, please, please, like, for real. So some people are just sitting there waiting. Some of them are not good dealing with it. A lot of females moved away. Moved. They didn't leave New York. They just moved away from that, that whole thing. And I was like, wow, wow. And when I came back to New York, um, and I was walking on the avenue, right? I, I'll never forget this day. I was walking on the avenue. And I, know, I think I was walking with one of my goddaughters. And pick... I saw a pig, and she was walking with Kasim. And I was like, what's, what's up, pig? This motherfucker going to turn around. I was like, he must think I'm still this young girl. Like, I, I, I don't know what his, his makeup is. Right now, mind you, I'm fresh with coming from Atlanta. People were telling me that story. They done called me out now. I know, and I done put all this shit together. So I'm walking on Jamaica Avenue, right there on the corner of uh, Gabriel Boulevard, on Jamaica Avenue, right? You got uh, 
fucking uh uh I, I still call it Gertz and stuff in between the the um pizza parlor, right? Um the pizza parlor I don't eat at, right? So I speak to Pick and I was like, yo, Pick, what's up? And he gonna turn and be like, yo, don't talk to her. I said, who the fuck he think he is? And my goddaughter, because everybody knew my story, my goddaughter was like, Ma, we can get him now. And I was like, nah. I said, we good. I said, yo, tell your homeboy, he don't want this. He don't want this. Like, at all. At all. And she was like, Ma, you good? I said, yeah. And I was talking to Pick and I moved on. But this motherfucker had the, the audacity. But then that's when my 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 god sister and it was like, yeah, you got it right now because that shit is fresh. You got to be mindful where you go. Because if he can say something and you ready to already jump on him, he'll try to make it seem like you're the one. And I was like, yo, I, at that moment, I ain't give a fuck. Because now I done heard the stories. Now I done met the women that all went through all of this. And because of their fear, it made me angry to be like, Y'all motherfuckers really did protect this bastard. So that's how my mental was at first. And I had to calm down. I had to get a head rogation. Like, I had to calm down. Because that shit is not cool. That It's not. And imagine these girls that got a... They're women now, but they got a whole lot and walk around this motherfucker. And he's sitting there smiling and laughing or cracking jokes or gossiping about them, and they got to see you. I'm really, yo, I commend them, and for real, because any one of them could have killed his ass and would have been justified, for real. Because, see, he left paper trails. He left Texas. He left those things, and I saw them. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I saw them. So for a friend to say to them, oh, you're lying, or because of what they did and the choices they made back in the day, I don't give a fuck if you so pussy when you were 12 and you found Jesus when you were 18. I don't give a fuck what you did when you was 12. You, you healed. That does not give someone the right to want to try to rape you, take things from you, or violate your body. That does not give nobody the right. No one, be it man or woman. Then I found out that grown fucking women that I grew up with were fucking 14 and 12-year-old boys. And I'm like, wow. Wow. There was a, a young man that came forward, and he spoke about his experience in one of the after-school centers in South Jamaica. This is where I call a lot of people on their shit. Because I remember when my son was little, and Devon's mother, God bless his dad, Nana, she used to always ask me, Donna, can he go to the South Jamaica center, the community center? No, no, no. And I remember telling Devon, like, we already heard the stories, allegedly. We already heard the stories. My son ain't going in there. My daughter ain't going there. Her grandmother, Miss Ruby, used to be like, oh, Ms. no, no, I stay home from work. And I watch them. Like, nah, no, no, no. Or, or send them home. They, they ain't got to go there. And for so long, my kids used to get on my goddamn door. Oh, you want to go to the trip? Oh, please, please, they go to trips. Look, look. And when this dude that they grew up with, they grew up with him in school, when he posted and shared his story, 
They both called me and said, Mom, thank you. Thank you. Parents be knowing. Adults be knowing. It's sad because our eyes was closed to those that weren't related to us. It's sad. And I have to take accountability for my own shit because it was nowhere in hell my kids was going there. I didn't give a fuck. I did not care. I, at all. At all. One thing I never did was keep my fucking mouth closed. That's one thing I didn't do. And I said it. Nigga, I will slit your lip. What? We not doing that. So, when it came to shit like that, no. 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 Nah. Mm-mm. Bring them home. It's okay. Bring them home. I, I ain't going out. That's okay. Bring them home. And for a kid that's now a grown man in his 30s to come forward and speak his fucking story of what went on. The sad part is he wasn't the only one. But because now they're grown and drug dealers and things like that, people don't say nothing. I remember when they had a post. They was doing the young girls in the back of South Jamaica was stripping on the pole. And there was so many women like, oh, my man would never be out there. And girls was screenshotting it and, you know, enlarging the picture and circling, ain't this your man? And I was like, wow. Wow. And these young girls... I am not going to say I'm totally healed. I'll be lying to y'all. I'm not going to say it. I am not going to say that, oh, I seek revenge. Nah, that part. I, I, I take that, that saying to heart. I prayed to God to get revenge, and then I looked at their lives and said, nope, God did a better job of getting them than I could ever do. I could ever do, ever, in a million years. And um, to know that people have to suffer in silence because of their community. I've seen how it works. I do. I remember when all that stuff came out about Candelo and those women came forward and they made them feel like they was the victim. Started putting their names and address and all of that and threatening people and all of that. And some of them went back. The fuck, I'm better with the abuser than I'm seeking help. I see what y'all do. Y'all turn on the people that get fucking abused and beat and raped. Y'all turn on them. <laughs> you know, because fucking society, we, we're so numb when it comes to shit like this. We see kids getting raped and beat and abused. The first thing we say is, we're the parents. Maybe they, were, they, they shouldn't have been there. Instead of, how can we help to help this child? We deal with this motherfucker later, but how we help this child? We don't get like that. Girlfriends just sit and be like, well, you remember what she did when she was young? Oh, I heard the whole story. Yes, that's why I never heard anything. When I said to my kids, this is what I'm planning on doing. Let me tell y'all my story. Because, see, I don't need nobody else to tell my story. I'm the author. I hold the fucking pen. Yes, I had my son when I was 14 going on 15. His father was 16 going on 17. You're right. I, I didn't think sex came with a kid, but it did. I didn't get rid of him. I birthed him and I raised him and he went to get his masters and all that. They went more than beyond what I started with. Yeah, I had some bumps and bruises in the road, but I raised him to the best of my ability and I kept it real because I know one thing my father said to me that I say to my kids and that's my only job for them. Now, y'all may not agree with that, but I'm going to let you know what my job is as a parent. My father looked at me and said, I lived in this world without you. 
You've never lived in this world without me. My job is to make sure you can survive when I'm not here. My son, my daughters, I lived in this motherfucker without y'all. My job is to make sure you know how to live when I'm no longer here. Because people will turn on you. The very motherfuckers you consider your day ones may be the ones that put the knife in your fucking back. It's always people go, oh, well, they dogged me out. It ain't a stranger. Because you ain't going to let a stranger walk up to you. Nine times out of ten, it's the people that you once helped and you called your A1 day ones. Now, yes, we should learn discernment. We should learn how to pick friends and pick those people that we consider to bring into our lives. We should because we want to have that. Oh, but we've been friends since we was in kindergarten and they've been hating you since you was in kindergarten. So what's the fucking difference? But a lot of it comes with a poor self-esteem. I'm going to be honest because I, I can speak for me. Mine came from a poor self-esteem, a lack of. I was a big girl after I had my kids. I got married. I moved down south. I was 380 pounds. I would crack on myself, but I always loved myself. But it was in trying to please people, trying to be nice to everybody, you know, while they in the forefront disrespecting me like I was fucking dirt, thinking they're better than me. We all live in the fucking hood. You buying jeans for $300 and sit on the bench. No. But then I started healing myself. I started focusing on me. I started changing the narrative. And when you start doing that, you see life from other perspectives. It is trillions of fucking people in the world. Why I'm being fucking with just these people? Oh, because they know you. And? And? But do you really know them? Do you really? That's why... I left and I lived in Atlanta for 20 years. 20 years I lived in Atlanta. 20 years. Had a business down there in the whole nine. 20 years I lived in Atlanta. Day one, day ones never came to visit me. <laughs> so, no. And I would see, I saw Lamb, I saw Lenny, I saw Leroy. Those are the only ones I saw. I remember seeing a person in South Jamaica. And you know what they said? Yo, you saw me. Don't tell nobody you know me. Nigga, I don't even know you up there. I don't give a fuck about you. And I kept it moving. I lived down there where everybody else was moving places and they'd go back home. I still lived in Atlanta. 20 years. 20 years. Even after me and my husband divorced, I still stayed in Atlanta. My grandkids are still in Atlanta. And I go down there. I go down there and hang out and have fun, be around friends and family and all of that. I go to New Orleans. I go all over. I do. And you know, those friends that will sit and say, oh, we've been friends for so long. I'll be the ones that will say, I don't fuck with her. I told y'all what happened real quick. I left. I brought a t-shirt. Right, I brought a t-shirt, um, and I left it in Karen Curry's house. And I went downstairs, and, you know, usually I knock to come back in, but I just left. So I ran upstairs to go get my bag, right? Because it was from Denance, a little white t-shirt, not even going to lie, from Denance. And I ran back up, right, because I, I just left. I ran back up, and I stopped in my tracks. It was Karen, Mary, and Sharice Hawkins, and Cynthia. 
And she was like, yeah, you know, I don't even fuck with her. She do that voodoo shit. Oh, they dogged me for the fucking gods. I just left there. I opened the door and I was going down the stairs. And right when I got, I'm not even going to lie. I got in front of the building and I was getting ready in between where Monique, God bless the dead, her aunt passed away, I think. I'm not sure. Well, aunt used to always look out the window. And I got right there and I said, shit, I forgot my bag. So I turned around and went back upstairs. I didn't run. I'm old. So I was walking up the stairs, I opened the door, and I stopped in my tracks because Karen was telling them, I don't fuck with her, she do that voodoo shit, you know, I don't be fuck with her, I only be using her so she can buy me shit. I don't fuck with her like that. You know, because, uh-uh, and this is where this came about, and for a long time I got mad at Barney, but I was like, nah. She said, yeah, because um, if her father dies, she don't even know she got insurance. Like, I'm, I'm not getting close with her to see what she going to... I can't give her no money to bury her father. Oh, I, I, this is just what I did. I walked in, picked up the bag. I said, oh, I forgot this. And I turned around and kept on going. Turned around and kept on going. Was I hurt? Yeah. Did it bother me to the fact... I, and I waited because I knew, I knew one day that I would get these bitches back. For real. I got the patience of Job. I remember, uh, who told me this? Uh, not Mother Clayton. She used to be in um, Greater Bethel. And she used to tell me that. She used to say, you got the patience of Job. I sure do. I will wait. Because, oh, listen, I, I don't subscribe Wait Broke the Bridge. Wait kept that motherfucker up. So, it was on Valentine's Day. Karen, Nisi, Sharice Hawkins, fucking Mary, and Cynthia, because she was then messing with uh, Shantae, was sitting there. And Karen said, Donna, we all got together, and we wanted to tell you that, um, you know, you don't have to be jealous of us. In my head, all I kept on saying, it was like all 50 personalities in my head was like, we got this bitch now. Everybody calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. We got these bitches. Calm down. This is the day. And I sat there and I'm looking around the room and I'm looking at all of them. And I said, oh, okay. She said, yeah, because you know, we all got boyfriends and stuff and you don't got nobody. Right then and there in my head, all the crazies that was in there said, your mother was right. See? See? Now my mother did. My mother used to always say three things you don't let be known. Your first move, how much money you got and who you fucking. That's your business. Unless you bring your sand to the fucking beach, you keep that shit to yourself. Okay. So I did that. I looked at Karen and I said, you think I'm going to be jealous? She said, yeah, because you don't have nobody. I said, you fucking the guy that you're supposed to be babysitting his kids does not make him your man. I went around the fucking room and read all of them. Every single one of them. And I said, I got something that neither one of y'all bitches will ever get in this fucking life. Two rings. Bitch, I was married twice. Y'all bitches never even made it to even to even get to that point of being someone's main. A nigga loved me as much he wanted to give me his last name. What y'all bitches got? None one of y'all got married to anybody. You don't even know where your man live. And you fucking the delivery boy. He's fucking everybody. And I looked at Nisi. I said, you knew. You just started talking to Barney. So we ain't going to go there. For real. And I looked at, Shanta, at, at uh, Cynthia. And I said, I love you because of your nephew. But trust me. She only using you. 
And that's it. Like, why would I sit here and be jealous of any one of y'all? Cameron's like, you don't have to get defensive. No, bitch, I'm being the truth. I said, since we all want to start throwing stones and shit, the shit y'all said about me, I'm grateful. Because I'm going to always live my fucking truth. But y'all will always be the same. Dirty bum bitches. For real. And I don't think I need to hang around y'all. Because y'all really are fucking lowering my stocks. I need to move up. I'm good. And I remember a few years later, I saw Cameron. And she, she was just, I, I just looked at her and was like, yo, you're a miserable chick. And I, I don't even have to do anything to you in life. Like, you're miserable. And you'll always be miserable. I look at Mary and say the same thing. I like her daughters. I think her daughters are amazing. I, I, I commend them. But it's just, we want a life that is on social media so fucking bad that we'll make this shit believable. Karen used to sit with the fucking milk carton and put her face to it because that's how I found out how it looks like you on the airplane. She'll be in the fucking house. I ain't never got on the goddamn airplane. I'm like, wow. And I used to always sit and say, girl, we could go to the city. We could go, no, no, uh-uh, it's dangerous, no. Well, you would sit right here with these people and gossip and talk and dog them out and still be their friend. That's something that I just could not do. And when I started hanging around different people and started being mature and growing the fuck up, the less, I, I'm not better than nobody, but I'm also not a kid no more. We grown. You want to spend, how do you want to live your fucking life? If God give me three, four, five more years, shit, even a year, a few months. I want them to say, yo, my grandmother, my mom, she lived her fucking life. She lived in her truth. What you saw, that's what she did. She helped all of that. I don't want to leave them with belt buckles and, well, you know, she she did. She got to about, no, I don't give a fuck about your life. I'm worried about mine. My pleasure's already full. I got enough maintaining mine. I want y'all to say, to understand this, believe your friends. I believe you. Share your story if you have to. Go to therapy. Help your friends. If you got friends that been through something like that, traumatic, where they were raped, molested, abused, mentally, physically, or spiritually, be their support. And if you don't know how, ask them, how can I help you? Help me help you. Because I don't know. And for the love of God, don't gossip about them. Don't post it. Don't tell nine other different people because your friends may not be her friends or his friends. Remember that.